There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August 13th, 2013. For newcomers, uh, please help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see all the official sites listed there and these all carry lots of audios for free download. Uh, we'll go over some quite, quite, quite a few years actually of the talks I've given and, uh, and different radio shows in fact. And if you uh, want to also get print-ups, You'll find they're all in English and all those sites too. You can get print-ups. And you can also get uh, print-ups in other languages if you go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu and help yourself to the ones offered there. And what I do is tie up the system for you to, to explain the system, to expose the system. The system that's all pervasive is indoctrinated into you to be normal, but simply because it exists, it's normal. No different than the, the, the Soviet youngsters growing, growing up in the Soviet Union. Uh, that thought that their system was normal simply because it existed. We're all the same in all ages and all years. And, uh, of course, it's indoctrinated into you by your parents and then by school, even from cartoons. You realize that all the novelists for cartoons and those who make cartoons and the books and so on that children uh, have read to them have uh, ins- inserts of political correctness in them, whereas the, the, the in-vogue trends today are all put into those particular books or, or cartoons for them to, to be indoctrinated with. And then they go into kindergarten, and then school takes over too. So we're living in a very well-planned society indeed, and it's a society where the mind is controlled. It's most important to control the mind. It's far cheaper and easier than uh, having everyone manacled and having overseers for every little village or town or city. Uh, so control the mind, and it's, it's quite easy to control the people for p- pretty well ever, actually. Most, most of them will never figure anything out. And the age groups are all worked out perfectly, too, so that every age group is catered to. They know exactly what you're thinking when you're 10 years old, 10, 12, 15. Then it goes into the hypersexual indoctrination, too, and that keeps them busy to the age of about 30 sometimes. And they're not interested in what's happening in the world or what things are the way that they are. The ones who are older generally are rather apathetic. They know they're not going to get the carrot that's dangled in front of them that they were taught they would get at school, of course, if they just worked hard and saved up and all the rest of it. And the ones who are older than that simply are, are just uh, they're ready for retirement. They don't want to you know, get up above the trenches and be seen. So every, every age group is catered to perfectly in the system with uh, little threats here and there that are inserted in the different uh, newspapers and so that they read, they get all the points. So I explain all this, as I say, at cuttingthroughmidges.com. And remember, too, I, I also have books and discs there that keeps the show going because without them, uh, I, I could, I'd have to bring on advertisers as guests and be backed heavily and promote all their products and then make a lot of money, of course, doing it. But I'm doing it a different way. This gives me more leeway to be real, in other words. 
So if you want the books and discs that explain chronology and the different arts down through the ages of controlling people, vast amounts of people, you should buy them and understand it and, and also get the discs as well where I go over so much of it over the years. And from the US to Canada, don't forget you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from your post office to Canada. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world. Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. Straight donations are seriously, seriously welcome as we go through the planned inflation, which means devaluation of our currencies across the world, in fact. Because everything is global and the bankers are truly in control today, as they were meant to be. Because you're living in their system. The system that was set up a long time ago and really institutionalized in a more scientific formula when the big institutions set themselves up a hundred years ago uh, with the express purpose of uh, bringing in the, the top uh, richest families of the world, creating foundations which would uh, cater to governments. They'd advise all governments and all policies. We don't elect these private organizations or foundations. And, and of course, the, these foundations, especially the one that uh, had its, uh, its mandate published, which was the Royal Institute for International Affairs, also called the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, they, they had their whole uh, uh, agenda for a hundred years and more exposed by an insider who was their, their chief archive, archivist because uh, they have their own version of history. They fill in the blank bits, uh, why things happen, who funds wars, who benefits from wars, what was their, their ultimate goals. Because wars themselves, remember, are transitory and there's always strategic objectives, but there's also material objectives because all wars are basically economic for those who, who push them uh, for land resources and so on. And whatever uh, they can take out of the land there too is it goes to private enterprise. And even the word itself has always astonished me to enterprise. Uh, even in the U.S., you know, God bless us on this enterprise, etc., etc. As it was a big, big business plan. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's a big, big business plan. And the U.S. simply took over from Britain, the British Empire, as a global policeman and plunderer. They'll, they get most of the benefits, mind you, of the plunder, but they must still share some of it with Britain, or the elite of Britain, I should say. And that's why they, they've got a special relationship, as they call it. But the plan goes much further than simply grabbing the wealth of the world. It's to bring in a planned society. A society where uh, eugenicists, uh, those in academia, uh, scientists galore are all on board with this. In fact, it's mandated in all their indoctrination at university about eugenics, bioethics, they call it now, of course, and how they'd have to train the population not to have children. Eventually, uh, sterilization will come in. They've tried many programs for voluntary sterilization in the West as well, uh, even indoctrinating youngsters and having some come forward volunteering to be sterilized to save the planet, and so on. You understand there's nothing that cannot be done to people with the right format, indoctrination, and formula. There's nothing that cannot be done. And I truly believe that, because everything you're, you're trained to believe when you're young especially becomes your reality often throughout your life. It gets fixed there. The Jesuits knew this too, of course, and many other radicals down through history have always known this same thing. Grab them when they're young, indoctrinate them, uh, because all the youth basically are rebels, potential rebels, because they don't know who they are yet. They're still establishing their identities. They're insecure. They want to see, they see things in black and white. There's no gray areas in them at all. 
and is he right and wrong? So those who come along with big agendas always grab the youth and get them on board with it. And, of course, any truth can be slanted to suit the purpose by omission. You can show them any pictures or whatever, videos or whatever and omit the half of the other story and give them a false impression. This is done all the time. As I say, the gray areas are washed out of their indoctrination and they come up to be good little uh, rebels, basically, who are used by big, uh, much more intelligent people, much, much older people, too, who've got very long-term goals on the way. So when you get society to go along into slavery, it's much, much easier uh, than having to force them into it. It's cheaper, too, in the long run. So there have been many, many systems in the world down through the ages. It's good to read even ancient China. Ancient China had tried all kinds of systems, kind of semi-democratic systems, definitely feudal systems, uh, communistic systems in ancient times too, and then socialist systems. And uh, it's worthwhile reading their histories and what happens because it seems like we go through these cycles all the time. Plato talks about it too about the cycles of politics and that eventually you come to a state of uh, communism uh, which is also called socialism which all, always ends up with a dictatorship eventually and and then it goes into chaos and then we'll start from scratch with something else again but uh, we do go through these, these, these cycles now those at the top understand this they, they bring the top historians on board into these big societies and top philosophers and anthropologists to make sure they don't make the same mistakes. Plus, we're using behaviorists and psychology and neuroscientists back after these messages. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. So I was mentioning there that uh, the modern rulers of the world, and there are rulers of this world, which whom you don't elect, by the way, most of them you've never heard of, and they belong to big private institutions and foundations, the parallel government they call themselves. Margaret Thatcher referred to this when she retired from politics, and she said she now belonged to the parallel government, and she explained it. She says, we all know each other, ex-prime ministers, presidents across the world, we have relationships, etc. And we can work behind the scenes, get things done, without being responsible to the public. So they're unelected, and that they get the things really, really done. And it's true, uh, some of them have never been in politics, uh, but uh, other ones have been in politics, or high bureaucratic positions, that's even sometimes more important. But you find that Brzezinski and others have talked about the technocrats, and that's what they mean by technocrats, ones who go across the world with agendas, well-funded by the big foundations, and sometimes getting government money too, and uh, and they get all the deals made and, and so on without any public interference. In other words, the public don't know what's going on, so they can't protest things and stop them. It's very simple. And that's how the world is really run. So reality that is presented to the public is a farce, really. Uh, and it's a farce meant to condition the public to accept the, the, the whys and wherefores that experts will tell them. And that's part of propaganda indoctrination, too. When you're very, very young, 
You get a lot of extraneous information dumped into you. But it gives the basis, you see, for later attitudes or explanations when you start growing up and hear about different things. You refer back to the little bits of indoctrination you've already had. and you, Because you must get a simple answer for terrible things that are happening. And propaganda must be kept very simple. I've mentioned Jax E. Lull many times, who wrote uh, on propaganda, the formation of men's attitudes. And he said, propaganda must also furnish an explanation for all happenings. A key to understand the whys and the reasons for economic and political developments. News loses its frightening character when it offers information for, for which the listener already has a ready explanation in his mind or for which he can easily find one. This is from previous indoctrinations. It's like a little library in your mind. So the great force of propaganda lies in giving modern man all-embracing simple explanations and massive doctrine causes, without which he could not live with the news. So he's always given doctrine. He's given doctrinal causes. He's indoctrinated into them. And without the reasons, you see, you couldn't live with the news itself. It would be bizarre, it would be chaotic, it would make no sense to you at all. And technically, if you live outside the box, uh, you will see that it makes no sense. You will also see what they're trying to get you to believe. And you'll see it through all the cons very, very easily. Very easily indeed. I've said so many times, why would you keep the same bankers in the same system? And... Uh, for, for hundreds of years that plunders the, the countries at least twice a century. Why would you do that? I mean, you wouldn't go to the garage and get the same mechanic to do your tires and, your, and grease your bearings and your wheels and they keep falling off, would you? Of course you wouldn't. But for some reason, we're supposed to always use these same characters, the same system, which is theirs, privately owned. And also, Alal goes on to say this, by the way, modern propaganda reaches individuals enclosed in the mass and as participants in that mass. You always hear communities, were society, etc. And it says, yet it also aims at a crowd, but only as a body composed of individuals. What does it mean? First of all, that the individual never is considered an individual, but always in terms of what he has. This is very important, by the way. What he has in common with others, such as his motivations, his writings, or his myths, his likes and his dislikes, in other words. And it's very important because that's how they work out what you are on the internet with all your data, you see. You've heard about uh, they do outsourcing and so on, and, and what they do to university studies and, and NSA and all the rest of it is they try to find out what you have in common with others, your cluster, they call them, all your friends. And they, 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 can easy, they can much, much easier and quickly put you in a category uh, and, uh, and, uh, and find out how you tick according to the cluster groups. And that's why they do it. So, so as he says, he's but always in terms of what he has in common with others, such as motivations, writings, or myths. You see. And propaganda tends to make the individual live in a separate world. He must not have outside points of reference. In other words, you're given your reality, that's your world. In every country, they give your reality to, to, to where you live. He must not be allowed a moment of meditation or reflection. Instead, successful propaganda will occupy every moment of the individual's life. Now, the average person gets up and have done for a long time in some societies, first world countries, with uh, the blaring radio on the go. They drive to work with the radio on the go, with these blabbering disc jockeys, just 
blabbering verbal diarrhea in, in little bits and bites of news that get stuck through you and you're given an explanation for everything. Simple, simplistic, minimalistic explanations for everything. And you simply accept it all as truth. And you're, so you, you don't have time to reflect on things and say, this is nonsense, this is crazy. Uh, and folk will listen to this rubbish uh, all, all the way to their work. Many workplaces too have music on the go too. And so you're not allowed reflection, you see. Anyway, it says through posters and loudspeakers when he is out walking and billboards are everywhere. And now they've got their, 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 their wonderful propaganda machine that also uh, spies on them, uh, their iPads and all that with them and their phones. And that's just through radio and newspapers at home, through meetings and movies in the evening. And so everything you see, everything you see, and even your, all your entertainment is all propaganda, you understand? And in fact, it's a very important part is because your, your firewall is down uh, when you, you think you're being entertained. It says the mainstream, it says, uh, well actually it says a related point uh, central in, in his themes as a modern propaganda can't work without education. That's very important. So you all have to get education. You see that without basic education, indoctrination, uh, then it, it, subsequent propaganda will not take with you. It won't work properly. And so those who, that's taken with the best are the best who are indoctrinated. You'll find that always. In fact, those who, who even go further on education are more easily indoctrinated. They'll never question anything. And I've done many studies on that recently in universities and uh, from universities. And I've found that people who get their own life and they've got a certain fixed salary, they go out to the wine parties where they stand, they always stand and mingle. They mingle. That's the first thing you're told to do is mingle with them. And you do a little bit of chit-chat and talk about the latest books are out because there are always fads that go out amongst these people for books. They must all read these same books, you see. And, uh, and they all want to be the same. They all want to be the same. And so they're the hardest to, to, to teach the truth to, hardest of all. And also, it's just to make uh, the organization of propaganda possible, the media must be concentrated, the number of news agencies reduced, and the press brought under single control and radio, and from uh, film monopolies established. Well, we've got all of that. We've got the, the media moguls that all belong to the, to the CFR and Royal Institute for International Affairs. We've got uh, the, the big film monopolies, of course. And we have routers in AP, and they, they route all, all the media, all, all the news to all the papers in the world. It's already done. And that's to make sure we've got a standardized opinion on everything, you see. So we, we chat about things. There's no outside opinion. We've all got it from the same sources. Because you're also given your opinion by the media, too. And... Um, we find too says Stalinist propaganda was in great measure founded on Pavlov's theory of the conditioned reflex. Uh, Hitlerian propaganda was in great measure founded on Freud's theory of repression and libido. American propaganda is founded in great measure on Dewey's theory of teaching, John Dewey, and uh, that was information of men's attitudes again by Elal. And it's very important. It says, each medium is particularly suited to a certain type of propaganda. And, and I'll continue with this little vein of thought because it's important to understand that nothing out there is, is innocent. They bombard you. Nothing. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix And talking about propaganda and how it works Very minimal really uh, what I'm giving out tonight But the fact is, with our basic understanding of how it all works You're being conned all the time And there's many ways to get uh, propaganda out and across to the general public uh, the simplest way, of course, is children uh, who have no defences against it at all. Uh, when you're born into a world, you, you can't understand why folk would be trying to to uh, lie to you, especially adults. You're trained that they're always telling the truth. And why should they lie to you? It, it seems sort of crazy. Why would people lie to you? And so they're completely innocent of how this nasty reality works. And as you get older, too, you think you, you're educated. And once you think you're educated, you're, you really it will be hard to get through to. Because you think you know it all And it's even worse today With uh, with the youngsters and everyone else Got uh, their, their iPhones and so on They really think they're up to date On all the news as it happens It's even worse And they can't think outside the box well, That's why they give it to them too But um, this goes on to do with uh, Jack C. Lowell and propaganda And he talks about each medium Each Type of propaganda or, or medium for transmitting it is particularly suited to a certain type of propaganda. The movies and human contacts are the best media for sociological propaganda in terms of social climate, slow infiltration, progressive inroads, and overall integration. And most folk have had their opinions changed uh, in cultural revolutions through movies, actually. And it's so easy to do through movies because whatever villain uh, is portrayed by society itself and, and do you see the villain in the movie, he's actually a nice guy. They make him a nice guy. They take it away with reality for what he's really doing. It could be, it could be diddling children or something, but they'll, they'll make him a sort of nice But once you identify with the main character and you'll always identify, they'll always give you a, a, a character to identify with in the movie for both men and women. And um, women will go for the heroine. And guys go for the, for the, for the male. And so that way you, you start to identify. So they go through normal things will all go through and then they go into their nasty stuff. And you don't see it as bad as it was because you've already identified with them and all the natural stuff before the nasty stuff happens. It's very simple. And then you'll feel guilty about feeling the way you did before. Because they'll have long talks by lawyers or something, uh, a big, uh, who could come up with repertoires of how, how nasty society is on a certain topic, and your whole opinion has changed. Because big, big powers are behind making, making this movie with intention of changing your mind about something perhaps that you shouldn't. And so, so this is, it says public meetings and posters are more suitable tools for providing shock propaganda. They're very intense but temporary, leading to immediate action. And you'll see these things come out just before big meetings against, say, uh, globalism uh, and the G20 or whatever. The press tends more uh, to shape general views. uh, And it says radio is likely to be an instrument of international action and psychological warfare, whereas the press is used uh, domestically. Direct propaganda aimed at modifying opinions, and attitudes must be preceded by propaganda that is sociological in character. And believe you me, to, from the movies to, to the media, they use psychologists, by the way, in a lot of the script writing, and behaviorists, etc. And now they've got neuroscientists in on, it, on the act as well. Uh, and it says sociological propaganda can be compared to plowing. In other words, you must prepare the fields and you plow. Direct propaganda to sowing, sowing the seeds. And you cannot do one without doing the other first. 
And that's true. It's all worked out that way in ways that you don't even notice until you're, you're really awake. And then you do see how any particular doctrine they're pushing uh, started off and where it went to from there and from there to there and there and so on. It's very simple, folks. And that's the world that we live in today. And with so many movies out there, I mean, you always see the relationship between the Pentagon and Hollywood, of course. And it's not just war movies, believe you me, because the Pentagon is into all kinds of strategies of warfare. And the Pentagon is into all kinds, uh, way beyond what the general public think, of control, uh, because their first control must be of the domestic population, or there's no country. Understand that. (laughs) It's very simple. And folk never consider that at all. Uh, so, and where's to go? We're supposed to go on behalf of the masters, the power elite to already control a country. Uh, the Pentagon must decide where it's to go for on their favor and, and, uh, what changes and attitudes it must make in the public to accept different ways of living, even detrimental to them and to make them want it. Remember Cass Sunstein, who loves to tinker with the neuroscience as well. He's said quite a lot about this, in fact, how they make people eventually happy to pay more taxes for certain certain things. And he's referring to, to all the new taxes they've got lined up, like carbon taxes and energy taxes and so on. They'll actually make you want to do it. Just like the old saying goes, uh, you'll, you'll come to love your servitude. They can train people to do that. And it's quite easy, actually. It's happened before in history, all this kind of stuff. Very simple. Now I'll go on with some of the rubbish. I call, I call the mainstream news rubbish because you always have to explain what it means. But uh, it really is rubbish that they're putting it now. Ever since the Levison Inquiry and the big one, the counterpart in Australia and the British well, Commonwealth, um, you'll find that the media has drastically changed. They're not reporting on big international meetings so much. Uh, it's off the radar, in fact. They're not reporting on, uh, on, on so much the things which are really affecting us uh, with the global signing on to further deeper integration of NAFTA, that type of thing. They're keeping clear of all these things and they're behaving themselves. They're giving you more trivia than anything else, of course. But um, some things come out which are allowed to do, of course, which makes it generally emotive things like, oh, they can't do that or somebody should make a law about that or dear, dear, that's awful. And, and that's the kind of stuff we're getting, we're getting all across the mainstream media. They used to be only in the tabloids. It's on, it's on all the media today. Because they're all being given their orders not to go into personal things about the power brokers themselves. And that's why they're, they're leaving it alone. Now, this article is on about um, Britain. Now, Britain is a flagship for many things that have to happen elsewhere. They were the flagship for, for pushing the whole socialist system. It's interesting they went to war against uh, socialist Germany. And Britain emerged from that war as a socialist country. And not only the socialist country, but the main, uh, the main uh, flagship for it all, in fact, up to the present time. Plus multiculturalism, uh, the ends of even the British people, uh, as, as they, they were known. Uh, and with, with all new kinds of people coming in, with all new ideas of what British means, and means often nothing to them at all. But um, this is happening to, to be happened to America too, as Jack Sotali says, uh, at the United Nations. And through his books too, that he's published, I've mentioned before. Uh, and across the rest of the world. This is the big agenda. Now, in Britain, of course, they're also going into more and more censorship. It's probably the most surveilled society in the planet, even with the cameras alone. Uh, they were the first to bring them in on a mass scale. By the way, they brought them in the 1950s, for those who don't know that. 
and it even brought them in for the Queen's coronation, uh, the first ones. And then they started using them uh, and, and setting them up where they knew they had big protests in London. And then they put permanent ones up back in the 60s and kept them there. And then, of course, once the so-called war on terror started, which was just an excuse for the next phase, uh, they went to the whole mainstream and, and just put thousands of them in, in everywhere across across the country. But they also are going into now reading in the internet. That's a big part of it. The first part was to get folk hooked on the internet. And I said this years ago, even before I touched the computer. The only reason I touched the computer was in order to come out to the public and talk about what's really happening. And once I stopped doing it, I'll throw the thing out the window because I don't need it. But um, I mentioned at the time when I first came out and uh, before I had the computer that um, I said that they mentioned they'd give us to this this, this form of uh, equipment back in the 70s. And I know that uh, Brzezinski talked about it too. He, he didn't seek internet, but he did say a new, a new form of communication would be given to everybody in the world that would drastically change culture and society and everything. But of course too, was designed to get to hook you into it, to get you addicted to it, to think you couldn't live without it. And its main reason was to monitor you all. It's, it's rather simple. A spy in the home. Now it's a spy in your pocket as well as you go to work. And uh, and you've been spied on everywhere. And folk know all this now, and I said it before it happened, they'll, they'll get used to it. And at the time, too, uh, they made sure in the early days that there was nothing on it except silly games and lots of pornography. The pornography was made sure it was on there so that almost everyone would have to go in and peek at it, you see. Especially the children, because that was the target. Get the children in, and they're going to be the first generation who grew up with this, and they'll never, ever part with them. They'll never throw them out the window. But anyway... Now it's time to, now they're all addicted to it, uh, they'll get them less of certain things that they like, and but they also want you to keep using it so they can keep monitoring everybody daily and updating your personality profiles. Now, now they're going to censorship to an extent. It says, a man using the British Library's Wi-Fi network was denied access to an online version of Shakespeare's Hamlet because the text contained violent content. See, now it's going into censorship because Cameron's got the firewalls in. We'll talk about that when we come back from this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the Matrix and going from propaganda into something related to propaganda, because it says a man using the British Library's Wi-Fi network was denied access to an online version of Shakespeare's Hamlet because the text contained violent content. Now, in Britain, if you want violent content, just watch the BBC, because it's, it's led to, it's a cutting edge of all violence and derogatory stuff you could ever possibly imagine, has been for years. Anyway, his author Mark Forsyth was writing his book in the library and needed to check a line from the famous play. The British Library said the fault was caused by a newly installed Wi-Fi service from a third-party provider. One security expert said the incident highlighted the dysfunction of internet filters. See, they're putting the filters on in Britain, uh, just like Australia, and because uh, Britain, uh, Cameron, is, 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 they've all been told across the country, because all belong to the same club, these, these leaders, uh, that they've that, that, that to rein in the internet, you see. 
and not let you go into certain sites and so on and an alternate sites. And eventually sites like this will get banned, the one I put up myself at the end of the night. But, uh, and radio shows too will all get the same thing. Uh, and so it says, Mr. Forsyth revealed in his blog that the filter had logged his attempt to access the page. And a spokesperson for the British Library said Hamlet had since been made accessible, so they've re-released Hamlet. You know. That rated service as a web filter to ensure that inappropriate content cannot be viewed on site, he added. Uh, one of the functions of deposit libraries is, is to keep everything, including what they call smut. Uh, that's the end of quote by Professor Ross Anderson. He says, we received feedback from a number of users about sites which were blocked, but shouldn't have been. We're in the process of tweaking the service to unblock these sites. Filters are pointless. Internet filters have recently come under increased scrutiny after the government announced that pornography will be automatically blocked by UK internet providers, unless customers choose otherwise. If they block pornography, the BBC would be out of business because it's all run by pervs, always has been. It says digital rights activists raise concerns about the move, fearing the lists of banned sites could be expanded to include pages that should be publicly available. Now, they'll always use an excuse, you see, to start banning things. In Australia, I think it was last year, they tried it with filters, and the first thing they couldn't get was a Christian site uh, that, had, that was on a pro-life stance. So it's used for political purposes, folks, you see. They don't care about, look at the smut they put through, they've been putting through since the 1960s, escalating and escalating and escalating until they've got the society that they wanted because monkey see, monkey do. You understand? That's why you get all this stuff. They want a dysfunctional society, end of families, no one gets married, etc. It's worked awfully well, it's been awfully effective. And this is Professor Ross Anderson, a security expert at Cambridge University, told the BBC that internet filters were pointless and it was completely inappropriate to have one in the British Library. He added, everything that's legal should be available over the library's Wi-Fi network. The only things you should block are the few dozen books against which there are court judgments in the UK. One of the functions of deposit libraries is to keep everything, including the smut. The British Library defended its position, saying it wanted to protect children visiting the building from content such as pornography and gambling websites. Well, I'd hardly call Hamlet classified amongst that, you know, for goodness sakes. As I say, look what they're churning out from the BBC today. Now, also, to tie in with propaganda, and folk heard this back in July. It's not like ancient, it's not years ago, July, you know, (laughs) July the 14th. And it said the U.S. repeals propaganda ban and spreads government-made news now to America. Now, they've always spread government-made news to Americans. They can do it under the guise of, well, the corporations are privately owned, all the biggies. Really? This is for decades, the so-called anti-propaganda law prevented the U.S. government's mammoth broadcasting arm from delivering programming to American audiences. But on July 2nd, that came silent and end with the implementation of a new reform passed in January. The results, an unleashing of thousands of hours per week of government-funded radio and TV programs for domestic U.S. consumption. And a reform initially criticized as a green light for U.S. domestic propaganda efforts. So what just happened? Until this month, a vast ocean of U.S. programming produced by the Broadcasting Board of Governors, such as Voice of America, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, and the Middle East Broadcasting Networks, could only be viewed or listened to at broadcast quality in foreign countries. 
The programming varies in tone and quality, but its breadth, its vast, is viewed in, in more than 100 countries and 61 languages. The topics covered included human rights abuses in Iran, self-immolation in Tibet, human trafficking across Asia, and on-the-ground reporting in Egypt and Iraq. And it's all propaganda. Uh, with, uh, it's pure propaganda, in fact. The restrictions of these broadcasts was due to the Smith-Mund Act, a long-standing piece of legislation that had been amended numerous times over the years, perhaps most consequentially by Arkansas Senator Jai William Fulbright. In the 1970s, Fulbright had no friend of Voice of America and Radio Free Europe and moved to restrict them from domestic distribution, saying they should be given the opportunity to take their rightful place in the graveyard of Cold War relics. Fulbright's amendment to Smith Mount was bolstered in 1985 by Nebraska Senator Edward Zorinsky, who argued that such propaganda should be kept out of America as to distinguish the U.S. from the Soviet Union, where domestic propaganda is a principal government activity. But the bottom line is, as a, but now they can do it, you see. I mean, openly. They've always been, they've always been doing it openly, really. Because all news is propaganda. And any institution that gets licensed by the government is a propaganda arm of government, folks. Hope you understand that. I really hope you understand that. There's a good reason for it. But they don't really have to apply their pressure to the mainstream media because they, they're, they're all on board with the big agenda too because they're all owned by just a handful of people all belonging to the Council on Foreign Relations. So they're in for the global agenda, the, the new society, the reduction of population down the road. They're all for austerity for the general population, but not for themselves, of course, and so on and so on and so on. I can remember watching an old propaganda uh, actually, it was a film about propaganda uh, from World War Two, and they had a, a, an actor, a U.S. actor, well known. I can't remember if it was Gary Cooper or, or one of those guys or Cary Grant, dressed up as a, American officers, in amongst real U.S. troops, young guys, were 18 years old, and so on, who were getting shipped off to Britain and then off to to, to fight Germany. And it was so funny to sit and watch this actor. Who, who was idolized by these youngsters. It's, it's seen in God on so many uh, fictitious war movies. And, and that was more real to them than anything. But he was dressed like an officer telling them why they were going to go off and fight and all the reasons that they were going off to fight. So he was an actor being paid to dress up as an officer because he was idolized by the youngsters who were still children and who were going off to fight a real war. And that was only one instance, of course. There's many, many, many more. It's quite fantastic. In fact, this book's out about the propaganda machine, Hollywood and and, uh, and war. It's well worth reading. And we're getting we're, we're constantly fed propaganda quant- uh, all the time. And remember what Plato said that all big cultural changes are authorized and created from the top, and are fed down to the public. It doesn't come from the bottom up. Anything that came out from the grassroots and wasn't authorized could have a rippling effect and upset the elite's plans. So it doesn't happen. So when anything happens to do with behavior changes with the general population, opinion changes with the general population, and when you hear diplomats being told, it's been the mainstream, they must push the LBGT for agenda. For, for example, for one example, across the world, you already ask why. You understand? And, and then why should everybody suddenly change and to, to be all for it 
where it makes you uncomfortable or not. You're supposed to be all for it, you see. It's, it's from the top down. Everything is from the top down. It's not your ideas at all. It comes from the top. And it's the same with everything else that comes from the top. It's someone else's idea for a different agenda. Agenda that you won't even be able to fathom. And that's how we're trained. We're trained from birth to death. It's very simple to do. Most folk go to their, to their death uh, never thinking, never knowing that most of their life, and all their life in fact, and all the big occurrences and the wars that they fought through and the depressions they go through and the bank plundering that they get every so often was all planned that way, folks. They still think it was just upheavals and mistakes uh, 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 coming out of the blue. Because the greatest theft of all, as I've said so many times, is that of the mind. And billions and generations have had their minds stolen at birth. From Hamish from South Frontier, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's goal with you.